This episode of the Dicebreaker podcast is sponsored by Wild Bills. Ditch the manufactured flavors. Your taste buds deserve better. Treat yourself to Wild Bills premium handcrafted soda pop. Mouthwatering beverages that allow you to escape to the most interesting places imaginable. Cheers to refusing the drink from the mainstream. Cheers to kick-ass canned. Cheers to being veteran-owned and operated. At Wild Bills, flavor isn't everything. It's the only thing. Use discount code CHEERS15 for 15% off your first order. Filmed in front of a live studio audience, <laughs> it's the Dicebreaker Podcast with your host, Matt Jarvis! <laughs> I could really get used to this. I think me and the limiter just like part out your applause there, but it's fine. It just became like deathly silence immediately afterwards. Look, all I ask for is a slide whistle introduction when I like appear, just like whoop. Yes, it's Friday. It's this podcast. It's live at the moment, and if you're listening on Catch Up, it's not live, but we're we're happy to have you with us. Mm-hmm. Hello, how are you doing? Spoke uh, to the audience and to you, Wills <laughs> yeah, and Alex Meehan. Sorry, <laughs> like I'm addressing both you and the audience. It's a thing. It's it's how it goes. You know, you've got to speak to the people in front of you, but yeah. also the people out there in the wider world. Absolutely. We are the people. We are. We, we people. are the people. Yes, uh, like the famous song. Um, Anyway, I'm Matt Jarvis. Hello. Uh, we're back for another one of these. Uh, I'm joined this week by Wills. How you doing, Wills? I'm great. I'm seeing Apex Penguin posting some of our brand new chat emotes because those wow. memberships are live. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also exhausted because I spent the whole day working and also lugging furniture up and down stairs because we've had like removal men and stuff. Which is fun. But as you'll notice, I'm in a new backdrop because I've moved flat. I've moved in with Zoe. So I'm now just in a in a little corner somewhere. <laughs> There's no bed in the background for yeah. two cats to scrap on yeah. just out of frame. <laughs> well, yeah. Toto and Rosie are moving in on the weekend, so you won't see them just uh, My camera also appears to be flickering. I don't know why. I'll try pushing the USB in, but it's fine. This is an audio podcast first and foremost, so it's it's fine. <laughs> mm, our valued audio listeners, but also our valued video viewers. Exactly. Uh, yeah, good to have you with us. And Alex Meehan, of course, back for another podcast. How are you? I'm all right. I'm not exhausted because I wasn't moving. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but way to rub it in. <laughs> hey, moving is good. Exciting! It's, it's a very new exciting. part of your your life, Will. So yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. And think all that furniture moving. You know, like I don't know. You're 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 impressing people with your strengths. It's raw like, lifting ability. Don't you shouldn't feel sorry for me. You should feel sorry for Zoe because it's been like non-stop works in this flat for the past month. Like it's, mm. it's she's basically just been living out of her bedroom. It's not oh, been God. fun. <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there. Wonderful, nice. exciting stuff. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, the the fart machine upstairs luckily has decided to give me a break today. So, uh, I, as I say that, I'm just anticipating it, you know, kicking off again. But apart from that, I'm I'm just enjoying this lovely weather because my flat is incredibly cold almost all the time, oh, even this time of God, year. I was going to say, good. lovely is not the word that I've associated with the last week of weather. <laughs> uh, wet. Uh, Humid, 
just horribly sweaty. I'm going like, to level with the... you, Matt, me, and then everyone in chat. I'm very glad that cameras only film from the from the chest up because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I changed out of a tank top seconds before <laughs> I jumped on this call. It's like I just have to have top. yeah. It's, it's my new thing now. Yeah. You're drinking a Stella and watching the football. <laughs> you will. You know that I wasn't. <laughs> we had I a know, conversation were, about football yeah, literally yesterday. You were regaling me you, of all the tales of when you used to go watch Stevenage. <laughs> Stevenage Borough. The only bit of football that I know Borough. is the Stevenage Borough uh, football chant because I went to a football party at Stevenage Borough FC home ground. Incredible. Uh, and in the party bag that we walked away with was the Stevenage Borough football chant on cassette tape. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, Stevenage, Stevenage, lovely play by Stevenage. That's <laughs> terrible. Wait, how long did that go on for? Was it just that? Oh, a like, long time. Yeah, yeah, no, I think yeah, I think my mum was subjected to it a lot in the car. My my musical taste as a as a kid was essentially the Stevenage Borough football chant, uh, the first album by the Cartoons, uh, famous for Witch Doctor, um, and then like I think nineties techno occasionally, <laughs> just like uh, like Ebenezer Good by the Shaven and things like that. So some somewhere in that mix was me as a you know as every a time, senior digit child. Matt, every time you tell us something about your like childhood, I, I gradually sort of piecing. <laughs> you'd think I'd gradually piece together like you know <laughs> how that how you became the man you are now. But honestly, it's still. It's none of it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it reflects my now in that it, it, like me, is a large mess. Uh, anyway, should we, should we chat we... about some board game? Oh, wow, you just changed. Yeah, yeah you're I'm, something I'm re... funky was going everyone, on. Everyone at the home at home is going to see like a frozen camera frame because the uh, I'm having to rechange my camera because it's, it keeps flicking. I'm worried that it might be quite bad for people with uh, epilepsy or anything like that. So please bear in mind. But currently, you can just see my shoulders on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my disembodied head. While you're sweating that, uh, let's chat about what we've been up to this week. Mm. Uh, Alex Meehan, was it last week you're off? I can't remember. Time is a flat circle. Yes, uh, it was. I was not here last week. Welcome I, back. I was in another dimension, another realm. Because uh, that's what happens when I'm not working. <laughs> yeah. But how, how was your week off? What did you get up to? Or what did, did you play anything? Did you watch anything? Uh, yes. What did I do when I was off? Well, I visited my parents, which was a mixed experience. <laughs> we watched the football. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of it. Uh, now there's double Matt. This there is why I'm trying not to pay attention <laughs> to what's going I'm on sorry, next I've, to me. I've, I've literally just moved flat, so my computer is just not set up in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but like, please do not look for, at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just pushing the visual boundaries. <laughs> my my a... mouth might be out of sync now because yeah. I'm having to just record Google. Me. I'm sorry. It's all. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you're an auteur, Will. So I am. Just, you're just exploring different visual methods. This podcast has been described as Lynchian. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, similar to David Lynch in the fact that you just don't give... Like, whenever anyone asks you, uh, you know, a question, oh, was this your intention? You always say no. Expand on you... that. No. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, sorry. Carry on, man. Yeah, that's fine. No, um... Yeah, while I, while I was home, I played some more backgammon with mm. with my mother. Backgammon's great. Yeah, it's great. Like um, we have this old set that smells musky, 
because it's 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 really interesting. It's like it, I don't know how old it is, but it's in like a case that you can carry around. Oh yeah, yeah. It, and the the outside of the casing is like made of some sort of belt material or something. Mm. I feel like I've never seen a backgammon board that wasn't like a briefcase kind yeah. of folding one of thing. Those, yeah. yeah, briefcase ones. It was a gift, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. It's re- they're really lovely. You can get some really mm. really plush ones. Well, I'm sure this was lovely at some point. <laughs> but now, you know, it's it's just it's this historic now. Uh but um yeah, no, we played some of that. Uh always good fun. Uh no, we did not gamble. Uh because what it's made for. <laughs> yeah, my family home is a wholesome place. Uh and we also played some classic card games as we always do, like Rummy and that sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, I also played some Pokemon trading card game. Still still on that bandwagon. <laughs> Riding off into the sunset. Yeah, that sure <laughs> is a trading card game. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you're focusing too much on the trading card game bit and less on the Pokemon bit, which I think yeah. is the reason that people like that game. The they like to have still playing it. <laughs> a shiny Ray- Rayquaza. They like to have a Pikachu that's on a surfboard, you know. That's yeah, the... really big Pikachu. <laughs> like nobody's playing the Pokemon video games and going, "Oh yeah, like the gameplay here is the thing, right?" Like, well, you just use Thundershock a hundred times in a row. That's that's Pokemon. There you go, everyone. Matt solved it. it. That's, that's Pokemon. You look high like high skill strat. That's what it says. <laughs> um, no, I mean the thing is, I will say it is like a fairly basic game, and to be honest, a lot of it hinges on like whether your deck is one of the current decks that are really people are playing like in the meta. Uh, I did write a, an article uh, this week about uh, the Pokemon trading card game. Thank you, Wills, for your interest. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, just how it's like a really good way of getting into the game because initially I was like, how how in the world am I going to, to get into this like 30-year-old card game? And the app is actually pretty good. I mean, again, it looks like arse. Uh, we can say that. Uh, uh, I mean, you've said it now, so yeah, we've, said said it, now. we've said it a lot of times. Um, but it it actually is pretty good in terms of teaching you the very basics, which isn't much. But like, it just gives you a lot of cards to play with initially, which I think is pretty good. Um, considering like they want your money, that's the purpose of it being there, at least from like the business side of things. But I haven't like spent a single penny of my own money and i've not really been giving any press things at least digitally and yet like i've managed to create some decks that sort of work i mean like i did go online the other day to play against randoms uh and uh, i did not do very well because um one of them was actually running a cast form deck cast form is an interesting pokemon because it can it can change depending on the environment it's in that's in the video game. So it, it reacts to the weather changes. They do have um, like stadium cards in Pokemon, don't they, that affect both players? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was I was actually, it was interesting, I was actually playing against a deck where um, there was a stadium card uh, that someone had in play that was affecting weather conditions. And then you have the cast form mm. Pokemon uh, and its different forms 
which also means that you can switch out the different versions of cast form mm. as long as you have them on your bench, which is also really useful. And at first, I was doing pretty well because I had this deck with a Houndoom. It was like Houndoom mm. V version of the Houndoom. So it's one of Houndoom. So you know that card I played against you, Wills, that you really hated? Oh, God, yeah. Your v, yeah. v card. Yeah, it was one of them. And the V cards are basically really super-powered Pokemon that gives your opponents, like, two price cards if they manage to defeat like, it. So like two like, points in, instead of yeah. one when they die, basically. Exactly. So I had a, I, I managed to draw my Houndoom straight up. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm going to crush this idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you weren't playing against me this time, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I was doing pretty well. I, I managed to knock out three of its Pokemon, of my opponent's Pokemon. Uh, and then they brought, they actually, they their deck actually started. And they got the cast form out and the stadium card. And then I was sort of working while I was in the middle of playing. So I was flipping back and forth between the tab. And then I just flipped back to the, the tab that the game was on. I was like, wait, where did my Houndoom go? It was dead. <laughs> and, I was like, and, and I just saw this little little cast form fellow like sitting there. I was like, what, what does it do? And then it had this amazing, uh, like, uh, ability that does like 117 attack or something ridiculous like that and i was just like oh no <laughs> and so for the rest i i did concede because i was actually playing for, to get screenshots for my article so i was like i kind of feel like this game is going down the certain <laughs> not gonna have any very like impressive screenshots <laughs> <laughs> yeah just me getting dunked on repeatedly and then I played against this other deck, which also uh, dunked me, but for a different reason. I can't remember why. But it was very interesting to like see the meta actually in play because in some of my research I was doing for the article, I was actually looking at like card lists that were that people were using in in the championships that are apparently pretty big. Like there's some there's some good money to be won, I think, in the Pokemon championships, as far as I know, because they've got. They've got big backing. Dollar, dollar, dollar. But um, yeah, I actually saw that cast form one on the list. So I was like, ah. <laughs> but the really cool thing is uh, when I was looking at the app, the, there's this function where you can directly copy card lists from online into the app and it will just make that deck for yeah, you. Yeah, you can do that in Arena as well. It's yeah, very, that's very such handy. a cool function. Yeah. Like, obviously, you've got to have the cards to do it. But like I think I'd never thought of of having that function. But I was actually that's pretty useful as mm. long as if you want to play like a high skill level. I am I am a mere scrub and I mostly play Pokemon because I enjoy the Pokemon side of things. Uh you can tell that by my username, which is Swoobat69. <laughs> If as soon as anyone sees that, like on the matching screen, they know oh. exactly. They should know exactly what they're getting in. <laughs> they see that username, they're like, "This, this will be easy." Yeah. <laughs> it's the spirit of the thing, is it? To me, but um, I actually got a very interesting shipment arrive yesterday at, at my home uh, with some Pokemon-related things in there. Um, so I'm excited to sort of get to grips with the 
Why are you laughing? So just the way you said a very interesting shipment made it sound like the East East India Trading Company yeah. delivered it or something. Yeah, like it was it was like potted. Yeah. Breaking it open with a crowbar. They say they yeah. have gunpowder from the east that explodes in colours. Hello. Sorry, I'm getting, getting looked at because I'm loud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just you bellowing <laughs> swoop at 69 down the halls. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I actually will be able to play some physical Pokemon as long as I can find someone willing to do that with me. <laughs> nah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we play a lunch game. You, you can't escape it, Will. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll play... We'll play arena. Uh, sorry, we'll play magic and Pokemon okay. back to back, so at that we both time. we both get a taste. <laughs> no, no, we have to play both at the same time. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah. the multiple chess games. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you, you like choose, you choose which game you're going to take your turn in. Mm. <laughs> Pokemon, Magic, Keyforge, like Ooh. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, oh no, just line them up. <laughs> That's Almost. it. Like. Um... Nathaniel Levy said, Wills has been volunteered. Have, you, yeah. There you go. You've got to do it. We'll say got a lot of people are putting out my dramatic lighting right now. As a, <laughs> I've just got a window. That's what's lighting me. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, but that's that's mostly what I've been playing. Like other than that, uh, we watched <laughs> we watched Chicken Run last yes! week. Oh, what a film! I mean, yeah. Literally, as we were watching it, we we were quoting so much of it and i was like i haven't seen this film in probably about at least five years or longer and yet somehow i seem to remember so much of it and like i still have my favorite line which is my life flash before the eyes you say 40. <laughs> i feel i feel such a strong kinship with babs as a character like <laughs> when I was watching her, I was like, "This is the life that I wish I had." <laughs> just blissful, <laughs> just blissful. Yeah, she. Uh, Babs is the armor. Like, sh- like she is it Shimbo? Shimbo. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Shimbo is, is the nice way of saying bimbo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a Shimbo, and I respect her greatly for that. Um, yeah, watching that, watching a lot of Shit's Creek, which was great. Whenever uh, someone Tom. says that name, I'm like, oh, because <laughs> I yeah. always think you're about to swear. But it's shit with fine. a C. S C H I T T. It's all good. Yeah, I just started watching it on a whim last week, and then it was one of those shows where you just let it play. Mm, yep, yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. it did exactly that for me. Like I went through the what six seasons of it, just every evening, yeah. like a couple of episodes, just very easy watching, like enjoying it. Yeah, but just kind of like, you know, you just kind of let it wash over you. It's like, yeah, these characters are kind of like to be around like it's not yeah. blowing me away like i'm just kind of like yeah 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 like i'm not a lot of those kind of uh modern like american sitcoms i don't find incredibly funny but i do find them very engaging in terms of like they're easygoing you can just let it sit in the background but there are moments where i will like laugh yeah Oh, or just a gentle chuckle. <laughs> a, um, a light ribbing. Overwhelming <laughs> phrase. <laughs> yeah, they're good, um, they're good just like background noise as well, though, if you're just doing something. Like, I did the same thing with Always Sunny. You just kind of have it going whilst you're like painting or something, you know? Yeah, I didn't get on with Always Sunny. I've heard it doesn't really get good until like the third. And, until Danny DeVito turns <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until... I think 
Dicebreaker mascot Dice Danny DeVito turns up. Yeah, they managed to find a way of going beyond it basically being the cards against humanity of TV shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they actually managed to find a, a good kind of little nestle. Yeah. I might uh, like give it another go and just start from season three because when I started from the first few episodes, I was like, I just don't like this. Like, everyone is awful. Mm. Like, the. Yeah. The difference with Shit's Creek is that, like, obviously a lot of the characters have very dislikable traits. Like, they're not good people, but they're not fundamentally awful. Whereas in Always Sunny, I was like, this is just mean, and I'm not loving that, but maybe I need to, yeah, skip to, like, season three. It, yeah, it just, it becomes a bit less, like, it just becomes a bit more far-fetched and bizarre as it goes okay. on, which makes it a bit less grounded, which makes it feel a bit less, like, slimy watching it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The karmic yeah. retribution comes in in exactly. a much bigger way. The, the episode where they're at the swimming pool <laughs> oh, is still God. one of the funniest things. It has one of, one of the, the funniest, like, slapstick jokes that I've ever seen on the yeah. TV. I really, uh, yeah. I really should just watch it. For the the case of of Danny DeVito being yeah. in it, he is but, he is incredible in it. He's yeah. born for that yeah. role. Yeah yeah, 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 because he just gets to be the slimiest, like grossest, weirdest. <laughs> Those are the roles that he's just he just shines at. I'm wanna... sorry. I want to give a quick shout out. I did see him in the chat earlier to Chase for his excellent meme that he posted in DV Random the other day because we got a press release um, for what we streamed yesterday, the digital Hero version Realms. of Hero <laughs> Realms. And like in the in the press shot, I noticed like the player they had was D DeVito. And I was like, D Danny? And then <laughs> Chase got the... So I just started blasting and then put cards over the guns. It was, oh, it's so good. So good. Shout out to Chase. Yeah, what yeah. We do about always it. a forever shout out to Chase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chase is a, a wonderful good boy, uh, and he plays along with our <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, and some of our favorite chats inevitably on Slack are to do with the British American differences. <laughs> we have so many food chats in the news <laughs> in the new Slack channel. There are so many things where it's just us back and forwarding, just like, do you know about this? And then Chase coming back with. Some kind of American creation that we've never heard of. It's yeah, us, yeah. us telling Chase that no, that is in fact not a real word, and he has made it up. Chase patiently explaining what ranch dressing is, or, <laughs> or ranch sauce, or whatever it is. Did, did we explain? Was one of the things we were explaining Greg's as a concept? Yeah, Greg's we had to explain Greg's. Greg's and Nando's. Yeah, yeah. yeah the two bastions of, oh, of yeah. British culture, yeah. fine cuisine. Because Chase had heard of the term. Cheeky Nando's. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a really great part of, like, whatever year that was, 2016 or something, where, like, Americans were just like, um, what's a Cheeky Nando's? <laughs> it, was, it was a fantastic little microcosm. I think they, I think they had interpreted it as something, like, sexual or, like, like a Netflix and chill, <laughs> but it really is the least sexy thing in the world. Like, it really is. It's I the don't most. Know. It's the blandest, like, now I'm, I'm coming out on a fire and all now, Nando's. that's it. Yeah, Nando's yeah. is the most boring, like, thing ever. Oh, I don't think it's fair to say it's not a sexy, like, it involves sauce, right? Explain it's not a dry, to me like, there's nothing less sexy than, like, a dry chicken breast. Explain, <laughs> or like, you know. no, ex okay, back up. Explain to me, right? How is an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly blando white version of spicy food 
How is that in any way, like, exciting or engaging? I just, to your oh, no, I, I purely mean in terms of there's source involved. Like, I think much less sexy than a Nando's is, like, a beige dinner, right? Um, right. Which is another it's thing like that we've discussed changed, like... chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm telling you, I would rather have beige... I would rather have beige dinner. Well, you're British, so that's different. Yeah, but, like, yeah, because like, like beige dinner is like a fundamental mm. cultural part. Of In it. fairness, like a turkey Twizzler is inherently sexy. Mm. Like, oh, hundred yeah. percent. As is hoisin crispy owl. Yeah. I saw uh, that. I saw <laughs> turkey Twizzlers. Crispy in... jalapeno space mix. All I saw turkey Twizzlers in the freezer and section of the cop the other day, and I just got like a little thrill. Like, oh, back. I could, I could yeah. be naughty. I, like, and I could of course, be very naughty. Of course, Will's sweet browns. Sweet browns. <laughs> no one else has any idea what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe we should. It's the was it Whole Foods? I will. Okay, right. Everyone, it's... like the majority of people, America included, are aware of Brian Butterfield diet plan. You know the one: hoisin crispy owl, bon 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 bons. Uh, mm. Keisha's Lorraine. Keisha's Lorraine. Yeah, twenty cheese omelet. You know the one. <laughs> Imagine that, but it is instead uh, an advert for a very cheap, very dodgy food shop in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's read out by a very excited man from a nineties advert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the thing is to like, I think anyone could appreciate that video, mm. but I think the thing is what you, you really truly need understand it. to really mm. truly yeah. understand it is to understand two very basic <laughs> ideas. It is cheap. Food outlets from mm-hmm. UK, Frozen such as food Ice- outlets, yeah. such as yeah. Iceland, Iceland yeah. right? And nineties uh, <laughs> adverts that were like bordering on on the level of disturbed in terms mm. of like mm. how into yeah. things whoever's th- voicing yeah. it is. The reading material here is the Kerry Katona Iceland adverts from like 2001 <laughs> yeah. through 2004. That's why and I want to go to Iceland. <laughs> yeah. And the, I said you buy one, you get, you get one, one free. free. I said you and, buy yeah. one, you get one free. I was literally <laughs> about to bring him up, Matt. Oh my God. Oh God. There yeah, was... that, and, that and any like sweet-based advert yeah. from like mm. the 90s. Atomic Fireball. Yeah, yeah. The wild thing is, America still has their own version of these adverts still running because they're just on local network television. And it will be like, come on down to Bob's uh, Burger Grill house. We got all the food here. And it's just like the cheapest advert you've ever seen. That was the main inspiration. Do you remember when we did the Hamburger Health Worldwide? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the. the major inspiration for Hamburger <laughs> Helper advert that I did is the fact that I've seen some of those like yeah. very very cheap mm, adverts that run on network television. Whenever I whenever I go to the US for an event, because I wouldn't go in for any other reason, uh, there's <laughs> there's just Sorry, like that the... moment. Yeah, get dunked on America. Uh, there's just this moment where like you're sat down in the in the hotel and you shut the TV on, and you're just sort of like. Dumbfounded watching these adverts because they're just so wild to me. Like they're so completely out of our comfort zone. (laughs) The closest thing we have to like local adverts is like I I, guess. I no when so for example, there's there are some indie cinemas that you can go to in the UK that are quite nice, and there's one that, for example, um, near where I grew up, uh, and they will show like local adverts on there. And there, there was one from an estate agent, so I remember very specifically. <laughs> because I remember watching it and going, 
<laughs> turning to my mum and going, did, so- did someone pay for that? Yeah. <laughs> it was on the level of... It's, like, it's the point uh, that they didn't pay very much for it. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's not was- like... Uh, <laughs> Like anyone who like worked like a Saturday job, like like just somewhere where there was a radio playing. Like I I worked in a garage like on Saturdays and stuff like that. So there would just be the like radio blaring Heart FM or Children FM or something like that. Mm. Um, just like I feel like there's a real nost- like a real nostalgia that I have for like very bad radio adverts. <laughs> like like you say, just like super local. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, normally another like a garage or like a furniture shop or something like that like very the, kind of like the thing broad. Is as well like they always because they they have to have their jingles but like they can't really afford anyone to write a jingle and they can't afford to license real music so they mm. always use like nursery rhyme themes and it's like it's so cursed it's like go and get your carapair ding dong it's like it's <laughs> awful it's so bad that what i will say to you listeners and viewers what wills this did then is incredibly accurate yeah that is it's yeah, that wasn't a joke that was like that might as well have been lifted from one. Oh god i love our podcast about local british culture <laughs> <laughs> like it's what it's what people listen to us for there's it plenty is, of yeah. american podcasts where they just chat about american food or american yeah. you know like i have absorbed a lot of american culture through nothing but podcasts it's yeah. time for like it's one of the few things that britain has going for it the, the like, like the list is very short <laughs> now enough but... america it's time yeah. to duel um yeah the difference is matt the British thing that we talk about on here are just very, very niche, very specific, like just like weird, uh, odd things that that we just find amusing. Yeah, there's probably and, uh, some English people who wouldn't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like when Liv on the stream yesterday, uh, Liv and, and I were having a conversation via the chat, the YouTube chat about um specifically 2000s children's programs uh, and how like semi inappropriate and disturbed they were oh, yes. uh, such as dick and dom in the bungalow mm, is a... the bungalow yeah i yeah i've played more than one game of bogeys in my oh, life yeah, yeah. <laughs> i cannot express mm. how big bogeys was oh, yeah. is bogey now question is bogeys a board game cuz like te- yeah it doesn't involve physical components, but it's like it's it it's fits like, well, into the same category as something a, like Werewolf, it's right? It's a folk game, I think. Is the yeah, idea. folk yeah. game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for for anyone who's not aware, I feel like we've probably talked about this before. Knowing this podcast, for anyone who's not aware, Bogies is a game in which you go into a public place where you're yeah. not really supposed to make any noise. A library, for example, is perfect, um, and you challenge each other to say the word bogeys and i guess you could technically replace that with something else if you wanted to yeah, adultify it a bit um but then depends st- depends how much trouble you want yeah to be exactly <laughs> you start with a whisper and then every subsequent bogeys by your opponent has to be louder than yours and back and forth and back and forth and then the winner is the last person to not bottle it basically so as soon as your opponent goes no i there's no way i can go louder than that then you win so it's, it's yeah. literally it's just a case of like how much embarrassment can you face? <laughs> I genuinely remember being in like um, a shopping centre in, I think it was in like a, the catering bit or whatever. Sometimes there are some, some food places like next to one another. 
etc. And I genuinely remember sitting there and hearing <laughs> two people <laughs> doing a game of bogeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. and my friends were like oh do you want to go i'm like no i'm no i need to I'm... know who wins <laughs> <laughs> i'm invested in this now <laughs> we had a game that we invented in uni uh when you were drunk and it was like two in the morning after going to the student union you'd go into the student library which was 24 hours and we would play pac-man in the in the aisles of books <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are God. the worst. <laughs> but it was literally like you could move as fast as you want, but obviously, like the faster you moved, the more likely you were to get kicked out. So it was like a sort of like, <laughs> you know, like speed walking. <laughs> I think the main game we played at university in the first year, where you're in student halls, and the student halls that I was in uh, were grim to say the least. Deliberately chose the cheapest one, yeah. and boy, <laughs> was it cheap. Uh, and we would play a game where you it's fairly simple you get a saucepan preferably a large one yeah uh and then a ping pong ball yeah and it's based yeah i mean it's basically ping pong or table tennis with your saucepan or, uh, slash, <laughs> slash frying pan of your choice mm. and sometimes the smaller ones could be viable yeah, yeah, like yeah. if you wanted something that's a bit lighter weight and easier to well, switch. It's also about, you know, the, the force of the impact mm. uh, and how much is dispersed from the surface area of the thing that you're using. So you can technically get more power in the smaller it is. Yeah, mm. exactly. You've got less no. wind resistance. Is it? Yeah, it's you want one of those little egg pans, really. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Little saltier. Yeah. And then the, the universal secondary school game of wetting some, some toilet paper. I don't know if i call that a game. In, <laughs> in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's more just, just vandalism. vandalism yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> you would see uh, my way of doing it myself and a few other people who knew that we were all in on it was um, seeing how much of one wad right. of toilet paper so kind of like on the ceiling that mm. you could make. Yeah. Um, obviously, the heavier it is, more likely it is. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Probably start bringing down the tile. Like, if your school is anything yeah. like mine, just start bringing down those tiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of the game, was it? Yeah. It was like, who, who can die of asbestos poisoning first? <laughs> I'm generally now imagining some poor soul, like, going into the toilet. Oh, God, and yeah. just Dealing with your crap. Yeah. <laughs> right, Matt. What's next? Yeah, what you've been up to, me? Matt? Yeah, Matt, uh, me and that was your what have you been playing section. I just want to point that out. <laughs> well, the good news is I've been playing nothing uh, because it's been a busy week. I After we had last last week's podcast, uh, where I was on with uh, Chase uh, and Jason, uh, Chase mentioned Ostro, which is a game I then went and bought because it sounds very good. It's a map-making game. Um, or a map charting game, I suppose, mm -hmm. um, where you kind of explore Wind Waker style. I haven't actually played that yet. I went out and bought it almost like immediately after that podcast and was like, I will play this over the weekend. And then my weekend got very complicated for various reasons. Um, and I didn't manage to play it. So I haven't played that. I also um, bought some beautiful tarot cards, uh, which Ooh. I'll show to the people at home. Oh, wow, the modern nice. witch tarot deck. They are just incredible, honestly. If you are interested, the artist is Lisa Still. Um, I just went and bought some because I was thinking about RPGs that use yes. tarot cards as a mechanic. Um, and Chase very kindly sent me uh, a list 
um, of some of his recommendations. And I also haven't played any of those yet. Mm. Uh, but so my week has been a lot of looking at things and going, I can't wait to play that, um, which is a, a common occurrence. I'll be honest. Um, there's also, yeah, I finally managed to sign into Pokemon though after two weeks of not being able to sign in. That was great. Hey! It only took having to contact their customer support to verify the account that I logged into previously. It was a you whole need thing. To play with me, Matt Jarvis. Yeah, we'll we'll play at some point. I need to get some cards. I've registered some cards, I think, from physical packs. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got I, some new physical packs which I, I can need register. to need to go through the tutorials again and just beat the crap out of Zach because apparently Zach's Zach's back for more after I <laughs> Zach beat, is back after He's I beat their deck. one their one <laughs> Pokemon deck last time. Uh, yeah, and then the the other thing that I've only just got access to today. Um, literally a couple of minutes before this recording is an embargoed game that we'll hopefully have a review of sometime <gasps> in the coming weeks. What? Um, I can't say what it is, and is I haven't played one? it yet, so I can't even... Is it the one that's as large as your flat? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the one that I spent like uh, two hours on Saturday like just preparing for. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what more I can say. I don't want to break embargo by mistake. But yes, this week's been a whole lot of preparation and not a lot of playing. Wheels. Matt Jarvis. Oh, I'll tell you what I have watched, though, without getting into another thing. I started watching Ash vs. Evil Dead, or re-watching. Oh, yeah. Because um, I watched the first season and then never watched the second season. And I needed something to watch while I was exercising each morning because they took Full Metal Alchemist off of Netflix, boo. Uh, and that show is... It kind of gets Evil Dead... As in, like, it's very gory, it's very silly, but it also knows that Ash is kind of a scumbag mm. um, and, like, plays into that in some good ways. There is also some stuff that I don't like, that I don't think they do very well of. There's, like, some, like, kind of, like, grim, slightly transphobic stuff that pops up at one point, uh. and it's like, that left um, a really bad taste. Did you know that there is an Evil Dead... There is an Evil Dead musical... <laughs> No, I knew there was a video game coming. No, and I'm pretty game. sure there's an Evil Dead musical that's like very low. I'm pretty sure it was very small, and it was like locally created. But apparently, it was it was really good. <laughs> like the people, it, the effects were kind of um, very charming in a in a. <laughs> that's a nice you know, as a yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is part of the Evil Dead charm, right? It's like mm. I really like those films, but part of it is that I they know that they're campy and schlocky and oh. like, you know, that when you're time traveling into the medieval age and using a shotgun Chains to, hands. yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like I think I think they get it. So I can I can see it working for a musical as long as they remain that kind of self-aware. But. Yeah, there's there's just a YouTube channel that I'm trying to remember the name of that's, that is really great if you're interested in like how were weird musicals or ones that kind of like aren't so hot anymore made and and like there's a Carrie musical as well and then there's kind of a big yeah. story behind that. Yeah, and wow. it's yeah, there is a lot of musicals mm. out there that you're like, really, that exists? And yeah. a huge amount of drama behind like its creation and inevitable yeah. demise. Uh, my friends and I were actually trying to find a date to uh, watch Shrek the Musical on Netflix together oh, because my God. the oh, preview my of that God. is quite horrific. The image of it's, the image. The they've really gone for that. trying to trying to capture the animation and visuals of oh, Shrek it is with foul. human beings. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it really is. Every time I scroll past it, a little I get a little shiver of like. <laughs> Speaking know. of cursed musicals, did you know that there was a Spider-Man musical? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you watched that video? Um, was it like written by you two or something? The yeah. Music? The music yeah. was like written by yeah. Bono the and it was, oh, or the yeah. Edge or whatever, yeah. and and like it was like one of the most. I think it was like one of the most disastrous. Um, Broadway musicals ever put up yeah. or something because like there was so much like theatrical like swinging and all kinds of crazy stuff that just just went completely wrong. <laughs> so many people yeah. got like injured and oh god, it's horrendous. <laughs> the story behind that musical, I think the same YouTube channel also covered it. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's like Turn Off the Dark. It's called, yeah. which is a terrible name. And yeah, Bono Vox out of the U2 did the musical. Uh, the the music for it and and you can hear that uh, and uh, yeah just a lot of people were like the the person playing Spider Man had to be replaced because literally like, injured himself so yeah. many times um, because just like people not even the production the idea of the production itself like the concept could have worked it's literally people making basic errors of not mm. like setting things up properly mm. and. Uh, that's wild to me because the the clearly the amount of danger that people yeah. could have potentially been in, but also the the costumes of that show are well, just so they had they like they didn't just do Spider Man no they had, they had like the Greek Spider Goddess and stuff it was like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> yeah the, the story for that show it's, is it is in yeah, terms of like bonkers. what they decided to go for yeah. uh, I think it's because they had quite a lot of hoity toity kind of musical people involved who are like we can't just do we need to make it art yeah we can't yeah. just do a spider-man story mm. but then you have parts where like the green goblin comes out <laughs> and the way he looks will <laughs> the way he looks incredible by the way uh and he has a whole song where he uh him he introduces all these different supervillains uh who then go on to not really do a lot and they've all got like the most amazing costumes where some of them genuinely look like awful. Uh, the, it is something. It really is just incredible. I wish you hadn't like... mentioned the Green Goblin when I was halfway through drinking some water. <laughs> yeah. That almost yeah. went everywhere. Uh, anyway, right. Will's work. Yeah, Will's, quick, yeah, yeah. Quick, we're running out of time. Uh, so I, um, I've been playing more Arena. Uh, I, oh my God, speaking of Arena, I, I was trying to remember why I wrote it down and this is why. Last night I played a game and there's a new card in the uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set, mm-hmm. um, which is called the Lurking Roper, which is like a tree mimic or some... I don't know. I don't care about D&D. Anyway, uh, it was <laughs> it's like a, a green card and it's cheap to play, even though it's got good stats, because... Um, it doesn't untap until you heal. So you can only untap it as in ready it back up when you heal yourself. Um, There is a card that they, like whoever I was playing with has combined it with, which is a mutation card from the, oh God, what's the beasts pack called? Matt, help. No, not Pharos. Yeah. No, Pharos is the Greek one. Pharos is Greek. What's the monsters? Land of monsters. Uh, don't know. Are you talking about Lair of Mon- Lair of Beamoths? Something like Ikoria. Thank you, Chase. Ikoria. Ikoria. Yeah, That's it. Um, so it, there's a mutation card in that, in which um, I think it's something along the t- along the lines of tap this creature to deal 
like X amount of damage, where X is the number of times this creature is mutated. So what they did was they mutated the Lurking Roper card, which untaps whenever you healed, with the mutation card where you can tap it to deal damage, uh, and then gave it lifelink, which <laughs> meant that I had to sit there while someone just like did damage to me one point at a turn, <laughs> tapping, untapping, tapping, untapping, <laughs> and I refused to hit uh, to hit surrender because I was like, no, you have to sit through this <laughs> awful crap too. I'm not going to be the only one who suffers. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And it's it's literally broken. Like there's it just ends the game, but you have to wait 20 minutes. And I was like, oh <laughs> god. That to me, that is one of the things that puts me off trading card games in general. Where, yeah. There's Yeah, where like people find really unfun yeah. like strats that work incredibly well, but they they just don't seem very fun for literally anyone involved, like yeah. either the person doing them or the person on the receiving end. Mm. It's literally just, oh, well done. You found a way of like winning the game almost every I time. But... Mutation is one of my least favorite mechanics in general because it is just like, you be- in- basically, if for anyone who hasn't played Magic, instead of playing a creature, you play it on top of or below another creature and you mm. just combine all of them into one mega creature and it's horrible because it's like... Every time this creature mutates, do 20 things. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I find it, yeah. It's kind of fascinating. It's the same thing with, like, people who hack video games, which, like, it's not, like, it's not very fun. It's not. It's kind of just, like, a dick move thing to mm. do. But it's that kind of fascinating thing of, oh, I'm, like, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you can do this by exploiting yeah. this bit of code or this combination of cards. Like, that's really interesting. But to be on the other end of that it's just yeah. not very fun i kind of wish there was almost a space for people it's to kind, do that it's kind of not like speed runs. it's like it's part of the game like it's in yeah. the rules like they're not cheating it's just the the problem with a game like magic where there's so many cards and so many mechanics and so many things that have just been built up over time and time again like you can just put one card out and and think yeah that's fine that seems like a normal one and then just like because of the hive mind of the millions of people who play someone will see that combination and it's just like bam game's broken <laughs> it's like oh god and like there see, are there are ways you can deal with it obviously but like because i didn't have one he basically just won the game the the, the problem is they were so focused on whether they could yeah <laughs> they did not think about whether they should yeah. that's that's the problem here but um no that sounds like you you're having fun with magic now. Yeah. Well, no, apart from that, I had a good time. I've gotten back up to Platinum, um, which is... I think it's Platinum. Yeah, but the one below Diamond. I think the highest I've ever gotten is Diamond on Ranked. Uh, but I'm in, I'm in Platinum again. I haven't really been playing all that much. Uh, but more importantly, myself and Zoe, who have been playing Arkham Horror, we've been playing the Dunwood Legacy, we finally finished it, hey. and we had the most epic finale... Uh, mild spoilers, although I'm sure you probably could have seen this coming uh, for a campaign in which you have to deal with an eldritch god, but an eldritch god turned up, Whoa! and Zoe (laughs) shot it in the face like five times with a lightning gun, and we literally killed it, and it had to run away. (laughs) Whoa! And then we died, because it's you know, eldritch horror, but we were like it was pretty epic <laughs> we basically had because we've been building these decks up for a while obviously because it's a campaign and zoe bought the lightning gun which is like one of the most expensive cards because uh, it's like i think they got up to like five xp costs so that was one of the five costs and then it costs like six to equip or something stupid like that 
but it improves your melee like your uh, fighting ability by like nine or something and then you um then you do like three damage each or something like that so it's it's massive um but then i was playing as uh, a survivor character and we we had some of the new ones which meant that you could have a couple of the other colors in your deck as well so basically we had loads of cards that just give you more ammunition for your gun so we drew them all at the end so i think Zoe had like 15 charges of the lightning gun as well so we were just like oh eldritch god is it <laughs> not anymore <laughs> I do like it's one of the things that I really like about the Arkham Horror Files stuff is they all have, they'll play it very po faced for a lot of it mm. and then just like throw this wild stuff yeah. at you and just be like, Yeah, like yeah, go, go for it. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course there's a lightning gun. But that that was fun though, because it was like I think this is why I really love Arkham Horror, because you can you you know, quote unquote break the game, but nobody suffers because like you you're just beating a an AI, you know? Like mm. it's it's a it's a much nicer way of playing games like that where you're building like these broken combos, but nobody else has to sit through them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. so punishing the rest of the time, right? That it's exactly. like getting one over on the game. It's kind of like Dark Souls, right? It's like yes, at some point exactly, it's like, yeah. oh, we earned this because yeah. we like fought our way through. But there, that's what I've been playing, and we spent oh. fifty minutes talking <laughs> about nonsense. So let's carry on because we've that's got another stream after this one. That's uh yeah we do have a stream off this one or at least you do uh we'll move on I've only pulled one news headline this week but well, it's going to actually roll into our segment because the arguably the biggest kind of award in the board game world the Spiel des Jahres has <laughs> been announced for this year oh yeah um and so Spiel des Jahres for folks who don't know it's been going about forty years it's decided by a jury um it's a German game award if you couldn't tell by the name um. It typically awards kind of like that, what they call family weight, so kind of games that families could play. So don't expect to see massive, you know, five-hour like strategy games in here. It's it's just not an award for those. Mm. Um, but what it does tend to recognize are games that kind of point at where the hobby is kind of going. At least most of the time, they kind of overlooked Pandemic Legacy and Risk Legacy when all of that happened, then had to kind of backstep it and give it an award a few years later. Um, but most of the previous award winners, uh, you'll recognize the biggest names of the hobby. So there's things like Carcassonne in there. There's mm -hmm. like Ticket to Ride. Catan is the obvious oh, one. Like code name. names. Yeah. You know, uh, there are there are definitely some anomalies. We'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> um, but generally, you look at it and you go, okay, like here's a game that people really liked, but also did something that, it, you know, pushed things in a slightly new direction. So like Dominion, for instance, yeah. like, Introduced deck building, like really influential, and you can see like ten plus years later how big that was. Um, so yeah, the Spiel des Jahres is like a really interesting award uh, that many people disagree with. It's fun to kind of disagree with it, as with all awards. It's like um, the Oscars, right? You can just be like, yeah. "Oh, shut up!" <laughs> uh, but with yeah, slightly less racism. Um, so typically, it yeah, it's like a good measure of where the hobby is at. So this year's winner, uh, to bring it all short, is. Uh, was Micro Macro Crime City, uh, which yeah. if you've listened to this podcast before or watched the YouTube channel or read the website, uh, you will have probably come across before. It's essentially, it's a bit like Where's Wally or Where's Waldo meets uh, something like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. You've got a big old map, uh, you're given a case to solve, and you solve that case by looking on the map and finding someone who's 
committed a crime, whether mm. it's like a murder or a robbery or something like that. It's it's weirdly dark at points. Like yeah. I think it's one of the criticisms of it, right? Is well, not necessarily. It's like or, I think that it's like it's kind of dark humor, you know, because it's it's got like a very like cartoony kind of almost like kiddie art style. But then they'll be like you know stabbing each other and and like. Uh, yeah, there's there are some like really dark bits, but it's like it's kind of it for me. It felt quite funny because it was in that kind of context. It was like uh, you know, it was like "Don't hug me, I'm scared" or something. You know, where it's like that, <laughs> oh yeah, that weird mix of like "Oh God," but no. with like children's cartoon aesthetic. Um, what's really cool about it, and this is the thing, and I, I can see why this why this won an award because it's it's a really really unique, interesting, and cool design. Um, and it's like just the way that they do things like just in the fact that because it's a big map and you've got like you know people walking over it eventually you'll realize the like every part of the map is in kind of like a different bit of time so you can follow Mm. somebody walking through the city so you kind of like it's not just sort of like trying to spot things it's also like following their path and seeing what's going on and then you know the example we always give is like you know somebody goes into a subway so you have to work out which subway exit did they come out of because they got, you know, they got the train or something. You have to like read into what what's happening in a scene. You might notice things, and you're like, "Ooh, what's that guy doing? Why is he involved?" And follow where they come from and all that kind of stuff to to try and work out the clues. Um, the problem for me is that whilst it's a really, really, really cool concept, um, I, I played it with Zoe because we played the Sherlock games together, and like. We got halfway through, and I, it felt very early on like we'd seen everything it had to offer, um, because it it didn't really introduce many new tricks, and it didn't feel like things were really getting much harder, to the point where we'd look at something and we'd be like, oh, I think I've worked this out already, because like you know you can see something you're like, oh yeah, like I spotted that four missions ago, because it's just a big map with all the things on it, right? You don't bring out a new picture every time it's the mm. same one so you'll be like oh yeah i've seen this like superhero guy all over the map throughout the entire game so i kind of already know what's happening and there was literally that that case i was like right zoe ask me all the questions and i'm gonna try and solve it without even having like looked at them <laughs> like because i'm pretty sure i already know what's happened because i've seen it all so I think yeah it might have been the case where they were like the designers were like okay we've got this really really good idea mm. And clearly, I think they thought that the idea would be enough yeah. to kind of carry the entire thing. I've seen that happen with various other bits of entertainment or whatever, where like you're like, that concept is really great, but then they don't do enough to develop it because they just think, oh, that's going to be, that's that's enough of a compelling you know mm. aspect of the game. And it's a shame because you're like, I really like, the idea of it but then there's only so much that you can really play of it before you're like oh i i'm a bit bored now (laughs) yeah it felt like a very very good proof of concept Mm. which is why i'm really excited to see what they do with it in the future yeah there's Um, a new game exactly yeah there's a new game coming out is it a new game or is it yeah i think well it's technically a new game but it's just the same series right yeah you know it's like a new sherlock or something right um but yeah i think I, yeah, I think they just they need to now start building on it and have some new ideas. Yeah. Maybe instead of having one mega map, like you know, bring out a, a new smaller map every time or something like that. You know? Yeah, or maybe there there could even be a way that they're connected. You don't quite realize how they're connected yeah. yet, or mm. something like that. But um, 
yeah, I think there's the builders Yaris tends to like tends to award games a bit like that where they they do like Matt said they do kind of point towards the direction of where board games could be going or have been sort of going for a little bit and I think sometimes it's done as a way of like being like oh this is like the predecessor so for example Dominion even though I really like it is far from the best deck building game out there but it was was like like, the seminal yeah the seminal one to kind of kick off like what what followed which were loads of loads of deck building games that kind of built on that that idea and i think this might be a similar case where micro macro is kind of doing something at a very basic level and hopefully other games will kind of follow suit because i think this build as yours does tend to award creators that do look outside of the box in terms of what can a board game be i think they do which which I'm perfectly fine with because I'm not someone who's like a board game has to be exactly like this for it to be mm-hmm. of worth. Like I think it's really interesting when designers do look elsewhere for inspiration and try things that aren't just heavy or another Euro game or yeah. something like that because they're a dime a dozen. Um, yeah, and and I think micro macro that kind of style of game is very accessible to lots of different people 100%, yeah. uh, and I'm definitely into that and it is nice to see these new types of board games come along that are playing around with what you can do in a game it's why I'm someone who's quite supportive of app based games at least when they do things that are interesting like the oh my gosh I always get them mixed up is it the uh, unlock series unlock uses an app yeah yeah, when they're where they're doing like like or like um detective um Chronicles of Crime. Uh, yeah, that there's those series that are like, oh, we're gonna use a app to kind of look at this this physical thing in mm-hmm. a new way or like look this thing up. And I think that's a really interesting development in in the tabletop space. Matt Jarvis, what do you think? Yeah, I mean like I say, I think awards are hard like i'll i have to give some benefit of the doubt like the spurious yaris is definitely uh over the years you can look back at some of the choices they picked at the time and they seem very odd now yeah um because you know hindsight is a wonderful thing you look back and think oh that game has just completely faded away and a different game that came out that year actually ended up being the one that yeah sparked a trend or really blew up there is kind of like a i've been anecdotally um i've spoken with folks in the industry before and i think it's been suggested that the winner of the spiel this year is like typically it will take a game from selling maybe like ten thousand copies to selling like a hundred thousand copies um and obviously things like Catan then go on to sell millions and millions or you know to ride sells like 20 million or something like that but i think it's it's one of those tricky things where like gimmickry versus like actual like revolution is like a, a kind of a hard thing to judge at the time mm. right it's like like risk legacy arguably should have won the spiel des Jahres in 2011 or whenever it came out um and it didn't uh but you know you look at things since then and particularly the five years that followed that and then yep. pandemic legacy 
um, you know, legacy games were the thing, and they've they've kind of died down a little bit yeah. now. But you can see that them becoming things like Oath, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the the Chronicle system there. So I think this is a really interesting one. I think it it very much fits in what with what the Spiel des Jahres typically awards. Yep. It's a much better winner than last year's, yeah, uh, which, we'll, which we'll get onto in just a second, um, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a wrong. forgettable bit of naffness. Yeah. Um, like, and... we, I've not played Micro and Macro, but I've heard multiple, I've heard Matt, Wheels, and Lonely's all talking about it. And don't get me wrong, I think the general consensus is it's good, but it could be a lot better. Yeah. That's still, that's still, like worth noting in the mm. fact that that you know we've actually been talking about it like yeah therefore you know it doesn't necessarily have to win an award because it's perfect just that it gets people discussing you know the game yeah, itself and also ideas as well yeah yeah what it, it's doing yeah. yeah it's certainly one of the most interesting games of like the last year 100%. You know? yeah yeah like, when you look at it alongside so the other thing that was nominated was zombie teens evolution which is a sequel to like a kid-friendly I've never uh, heard of Zombie it. Zombie <laughs> Kids Evolution. So that that's kind of a weird choice. And then The Adventures of Robin Hood, which I haven't played myself. That I've seems heard interesting. Of that one. Yeah. It uses like an evolving board. So that again has some kind of like um like something that goes outside the boundaries, you know, which fits a bit. Um for the sake of before we move on to our, our segment this week. I will um, say though, like I I've seen copies of Micro Macro like around mm. but i've not seen copies of any of the other games and i don't know whether that's because they're not I, available or because they're just not might be so yeah, yeah. like spiel des Jahres also limits itself to german language releases yeah. so often things will be awarded like a few years after they came out in english or they'll take a couple of years to then filter into english often mm. spurred by the oh, winning of yeah. the award mm. but i think micro macro is one of those ones that has managed to see quite a wide release already i think like it's garnered quite a bit of coverage and, and buzz already, which is... Yeah, you know, I think the majority, along the pretty way. much all the text in the game is just on the little cards mm. that you use, so it's prob probably one of the easier things to localise as well. Mm. Yeah. As far as uh, Sorry, Matthew Jarvis. That's right. So so there was a couple of folks asking in chat, and for you know for those wondering, the Spurdus Yaris is the, like I say, kind of family weight. That doesn't necessarily mean family-friendly in terms of theme. It just means that typically the kind of complexity level of it is more aimed at you know, kind of around the age of 10 and up, that kind of... It's like, yeah. you don't have to be, like, a board game fan to be able to learn. Exactly, game. yeah, yeah. Um, there is a, a separate... Kinderspiel, isn't there? Yeah. Kinderspiel, yeah, 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 which was awarded a, a month ago, which I think we discussed at the time. Children, yeah. Um, which I've immediately forgotten. What was, was it that. Hedgehog Roll? Was it Hedgehog Roll? I don't think it was. was Dragon, Dragon, uh, Dragonimo. Dra oh, Dragon, Dragon, yeah. Dragonimo. <laughs> I couldn't... I keep it's trying to call easy. it Dragonimo rather than Dragonimo. Um, yeah, which is in interesting because King Domino won the Spiel des Jahres a few years ago. So again, kind yeah. of a sequel in the same vein. Yeah. And then um, they also have the Kennerspiel. Kennerspiel, yeah. which is, I think, a connoisseur's game of the year. Um, yeah, but I tend to call it like expert, yeah. expert, yeah. So that that's more of your kind of like folks who are into board games a bit more heavily. You wouldn't necessarily see it on the shelf of like your local supermarket it's something that you might have to seek out a little bit further but there's been some really um, odd picks yeah like in the past <laughs> for the for the, the kennish bill for sure like i mean yeah, yeah. We, we talked about on this podcast when they put the crew which we thought yeah. would be a perfect spiel des yara's game Spiel des Jahres, and was yeah. put in the expert category so it's like yeah, yeah. It's, 
a lot of it is, as Matt said, awards are hard, but like a lot of it is sometimes you'll look at it and you'll think, what? <laughs> yeah, so so this year's Kennerspiel uh, went to Paleo, um, I've heard, which yeah. is like a co-op game set in the Stone Age. Um, go, actually. Yeah. yeah, I think they're putting out a new edition because there was uh, some discussion around the fact that it's quite whitewashed in terms of its visual presentation and characters and so on. Um, so they are putting out a new edition, but I hear good things in terms of the, the actual gameplay mechanics. I'm fairly sure we covered it because I'm pretty sure it released uh, via Kickstarter. Uh, I swear, am I thinking of a different game? I don't think it was Kickstarter. Okay. Maybe um, I might be wrong. But yeah, so so that one and that... Um, so the other runners-up were Fantasy Realms, which is from the designer of Bear Trailer House on the Hill. Mm-hmm. And Lost Ruins of Arnak, which I believe you've played me in. Oh, I love Lost yeah. Ruins of Arnak. Yeah, so those were the other Kenner Spiel nominations oh, to give you an idea. Is that the kind of racing game? Is that Which one are you talking Arnak? about? Arnak? No, the Lost Ruins of Arnak is a deck building game slash worker placement where you like go to an island and you basically try to get treasure and do research and stuff. Oh, yes, check but, expeditions um, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I must admit, I've not played the others, uh, but when I played Lost Ruins, I was like, I am quite biased because it's a deck building game, yeah. and I really like <laughs> deck building games. But um, I thought it was really good, and the the designers, this was like their, sorry, that was Holly. Uh, <laughs> this was like their debut like title that they designed, and it was so good. And I was just like, wow, like maybe I think they've maybe done some work in the past on other games but um oh, well obviously paleo is well hopefully it's good because i really like lost ruins of Arnak. <sighs> matt this brings us very this brings us very neat oh, there we go so we, we go. decided to mark this year's spill this year as winners uh we would uh this segment would be what we're calling the Uberspiel des Jahres. The Uberspiel! <laughs> and with a little asterisk, because we're only covering the last 10 years, because 40 years is not going to... Yeah, we're we not going to fit that into the that. next 20 minutes. So what we've done is we've got the list of winners from the last 10 years of Spiel des Jahres. Jahres. Um, and we're basically just going to decide what we think is the best or most deserved okay. winner. Yeah. And obviously, this is our own opinion. I'm sure we will we will debate among ourselves. Um, but I'm going to run down them. So I've gone from 2012 to this year. Um, obviously, we won't have played all of these games, uh, but these are the Spieldish Yaris winners from 2012 onwards. So 2012, Kingdom Builder. Um, I've which heard is of a, it. Oh, it's a game God, by the creator yeah. of Dominion, uh, Donald X. Vacuino. Is that the um, box where it's like full of wooden so. pieces? I think it's a very big box, yeah. yeah. Um, so... hexes. That's followed by 2013, Hanabi, the game where you hold your cards <gasps> outwards. It's okay. about fireworks. I love 20, Hanabi. 2014, ready for this, Camel Up. Uh, in parentheses, okay. first edition. <laughs> no, uh, the, no ladies here today, which is probably for the yeah. best. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the Camel Racing and Betting game, mm-hmm. um, which we have a playthrough if you haven't seen before. This is a big mm-hmm. uh, 2015, Colt Express, Fantastic. the train <gasps> robbing game oh, where you program your movements. 2016, Code Names. I think everyone wow, knows Code game, Names. It's very, tough. you know, it's a classic. 2017, King Domino. Uh, you yeah. create a kingdom by putting down matching tiles, like dominoes. 2018, Azul. Oh. The tile drafting placement game oh. where you're filling rows to complete <laughs> uh, a wall of tiles. 2019, Just One. 
the party game where you have to describe a word to someone and if any of your clues match you get rid of them so that's kind of the gimmick uh 2020 pictures (laughs) pictures using a variety of methods uh and 2021 micro macro crime city sorry the the live audience are getting a bit rowdy behind me (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna be right so shall we just uh uh slice off those last three yeah 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 so yeah so so that's what we're working with those are the last 10 winners of the spurdish yards yaris sorry lotus um so what are your initial thoughts on Um, like are there some some that we can immediately knock out yeah yeah there's some dead weights we just described that Micro, fair enough, but it's not exactly going to be winning any titles, so we might as well get rid of that. Pictures, I think we can all probably <laughs> agree on. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, Wills, you've played Pictures, right? You played it at PAX, yeah. or...? Let me explain Pictures quickly. Um, so you have, like, a, a grid of cards, kind of codename style, where, like, they're all just sort of stock images, um, which is the other thing. So it's not like... It's also just really ugly. Let me just point that out because it's it's made from like just photos that people have like probably found on like stock images. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no. It's you know like a cyber woman with corn or whatever. Um, but the the problem is is like cards where you have visual prompts. You've got some big competition because you've got like Dixit and Mysterium and stuff Whoa. where you've got these gorgeous illustrations. Good. <laughs> Good games. Yeah, good games when you've just got this crappy little pictures thing where basically you have this grid of photos and you, um, I think you get randomly assigned one that you have to uh, give clues to other people about. Uh, And then you have four different ways of giving clues. One where you like move ropes around, one where you have little colored cubes, which you kind of use like pixels. And it's just like, it's fine. It's a bit like... (laughs) It's a bit like that game Paranormal Detectives that we played. That mm. also but wasn't... nowhere near as interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that w- had an interesting concept, but it didn't quite work out. Yeah, but Pitches, no, Pitches doesn't even have an interesting concept and still doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think those are those are gone. I would say, um, and like it's yeah, it's a bit of a free for all now. But I'm gonna say just one can go. Yeah, I've yeah. I've warmed to it a little bit, but it's just it's very fine. It's very simple and not simple in like necessarily a good way. Just simple in a kind of like it's you bland. get your fill within ten minutes. Yeah. yeah, there are other games that do the kind of give a clue to describe something much yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, so I would say just one goes. Like even that game that we played that was done by Scorpion Mask. Oh my goodness, Decrypto. No. Oh, no. No, not Decrypto. Master Words. Master Words. Even that, like, Master Words. Despite, Master Words despite becoming a pariah after that, let's say I really enjoyed it. Master Word is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's like, really, really I would rather play Master Word yeah. than, than, like, Just One or something. Honestly, I think Decrypto is overlooked oh, in the Spurdish Yaris. Why did that come out? Really I haven't bloody played it. A few years ago, like 2017, 2018, maybe. There's so many good things about it. Uh, it's played. really good. It's, this it's might be... This might be controversial, but I actually like Decrypto more than Code Words. Code names. No, Code names. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah, no, that's I, absolutely fair. Yeah. I okay. Think, I think it's a really good game from what I've heard. Because I, like, yeah. I just think Code Names is so beloved. No, get me wrong. Code Names is great. I'm not. I'm not like, you know, having a go about Code Names. But I generally think Decrypto is like a better. I think another yeah. thing Code Names for us. We've played it. All of us have probably so played much. it so I, much. I think it's the Dominion yeah. thing as well, right? It's like it's. 
Code Names is kind of brilliant because it's such a simple concept. Yeah. But since even in the few years since it came out, other games have then, like Decrypto, taken that concept even further in a yeah. way that's really exciting. Um, but I, st- I still think it's worth keeping there because of the the sheer like amount of times I've and also the fact that I've been able to play it with people. Yeah, I would say of this list, Codenames, like of the last 10 years, Codenames is probably the most like Catan in terms of just pure, everybody's played it, yeah. you see it's it available in shops that don't normally sell board games. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think it's it's one of those real breakthrough hits. Yeah. Like, it will continue for the next 10, with 20, 30 years to be popular. Mind, I think we should probably axe Kingdom Builder. Because yeah, I think it's kind of just gone into obscurity now. Yeah, no one remembers it over any of these others. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and to be honest, now, me and I know you said you liked Tanabi. I don't really, I'm not really that fussed about it. I think it's, it's a I'm bit happy. Like, oh, I, this is nice. Like, okay, no, right, back off, right. <laughs> Number one. I am happy to cut it out yep. if, if the two of you aren't that keen on it. Yeah. However, I will speak for its honour. <laughs> <laughs> Hanabi is a game that I have played quite a bit. And I think it just it's just a concept that obviously we've seen elsewhere now. But I think it's just a concept that is that is perfect for having a quote good time in terms of it just leads to to shenanigans. Like I think I think it is a game that has a lot of potential for for just genuine like pure fun. Mm. But I'm happy to to cut it out if I you th- two aren't that keen I on it. I think with that in mind though, like compare that to Colt Express and Camelot for shenanigan having, like I I'm... I actually oh, I, I actually like Hanabi more than I like Hanabi more than Camelot. I'm gonna say it. Ooh, wow, that's big words. Because I think I actually like the simplicity of Hanabi more. However, I I agree that if you two aren't that keen on it, I'm happy for it to go because we all really like Camel Up. So yeah, yeah I will have to admit, like I I've tried to play Hanabi a couple of times and not not in a number of years, and yeah. it just never it never did the thing for me that it seemed to do for other people. Yeah. Like I can respect it, I've but I just always had a personally, good time I, yeah, I just never had it that might, experience. It might and be like, a sort of yeah. white situation where it's like some people just don't really gel with it, and and I think if that's the case, it's just not up for the Uber spiel, you know? <laughs> yeah, fine. Like one day, fine. like let's play in the office once we're back in the office sometime because yeah. I would love to like I would love to see in it what other folks see in it. So yeah. I just yeah, I obviously like not everyone is into the whole concept of you can't you you know you can't see your own cards and it is re- it is heavily reliant on mm. your the other players abilities to like play the game well but i think because it's relatively short i think it that helps with with yeah, that i think true. i yeah. think that's a big part of games that maybe can be a bit hit and miss with their concepts as long as they don't go on forever that 100%. i think that it's not necessarily you know, going to to tank it completely, but I'm happy for it to go if you're not lucky. Yeah. Um, so now, now this is getting okay. Well, this is getting I'm, hard. I'm gonna say King Domino can go. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love Queen Domino. I was gonna say I think you for me personally, it's better. Of it. Yeah. And I think King Domino is a really good 
I think it is a really good game. It's a really good concept, but I don't think it hangs in with the rest feel. of these. No. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not an Uber. It's yeah. it's a very solid, okay. enjoyable uh, game, but it's not going to change the world. Yeah. Sorry, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so we're down to it's the, 2014's Camelot. It's, it's the semi-finals of the Uber Spiel tournament. <laughs> Woo! So, yeah. all code names: Colt Express and Camelot. The Triple C. <laughs> So yeah, three seasons in a row. I think I've already got my horse in the race, you and I wonder if race. you can guess. I wonder what you can guess it might be. I'm not actually not sure. It's going to be Colt Express, isn't it? I Thank know you, Matt. It's going to be Colt Express. It's going to be Colt Express. Colt Express is absolutely fantastic. Is it though? Better and more significant than Code Names. That's the problem. Yeah, because agreed. <laughs> Because <laughs> Codenames is such a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Wheels, okay. For now, ignoring ignoring the codename shape. Elephant in the room. The check game what, in the room. What would be your personal favourite? Is it Azul? I bet it's Azul. Azul is fantastic. But again, I, I feel like it's too specific. Do you know what I mean? Like. Okay. I think Azul is a is a brilliant game. I no, think I'm beautiful. asking you what your favourite is, not. <laughs> oh. Matt, what about you? Do you have an answer? Well, What's I'm your gonna, favorite. I'm going to say here that I I really love all of these games. Yeah, but I think the bottom of this list is Camelot. I think Camelot is a really fun game, but I don't think. It is as good as Colt Express, Codenames, or Azul. I agree. I th- but I think you get the same level of wacky entertainment from Camelot that you do from Colt Express with less buy-in. Wack- yeah, mean? wacky entertainment, no doubt. Like I think you're like absolutely po- However, on point. However, but I think Colt Express is a better game system. Yeah, and I think sure. like for a game award, it sure. is like more important. Yeah, yeah. I think co- I think there's just so much more to Colt Express. Yeah. I'm, yeah, if I'm, I'm happy to bin Camelot in that regard. Yeah, I think if I'm breaking out a game at a party, it's Camelot over Cold yeah. Express. But if I'm trying to be like, if, look, if you can only board play games one are of really the two for the cool. rest of your life, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh god, this is okay. Right, it's the okay. final three, which means we're yeah. in, we're in drag race territory now. Right. So. <laughs> Camelot's gone. This is it's where fallen we, by the wayside. This is where we film all of them winning because we can't let each of them know which one they've won before it gets <laughs> televised. I I think Wheels is code names. That's it. I think you The problem is like I know that like I feel like we have a slight aversion to it because it's like, ugh, it's code names. You know, you don't want to be obvious, <laughs> but like it is I don't think there's ever been a situation where someone would say, Do you want to play a code game of code names? And I would say no. Like there's it's just even though I've played it to absolute death, it always entertains me. It's yeah. just such a good game and it's so, just so accessible. So do okay. So out of so the two of you, because Azul, I do really like Azul, mm. but I'm not willing to die on a hill for it. No, me right? neither. either of you two that particularly. I I think Azul is a better game system than Cult Express, but if I were to introduce a game to people, I would pick Cult Express first because 
like let's be real like visuals make a difference theme makes a difference as all is about tiling walls cult express is about robbing trains and having fun and it comes with the 3d kind of stuff like i think cult express is fun like it like we're saying with camelot it has that sense of fun azul i think is like a very good game for people who like board games and and i think yeah the thing for me is like azul you you need quite a specific scenario to play it really like if I was like, yeah, let's have a proper board game night, I wouldn't bring us all. If I yeah. was like, oh, let's just do something stupid, I wouldn't bring us all. Like, it's very much like, oh, it's Sunday and like it's raining outside. Let's have a nice time sitting down playing us all. Yeah, and I'll yeah. have a wonderful time. Yeah, because it's a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, it's not as versatile as the other two. No, you know? I yeah. think Azul has to. I think yeah, it's God. it's a worthy runner, and I think in terms of like say in terms of design, like it's great. Like yeah. I think it's a, an incredible game, but I don't think it's no. in the in the balance of like big, popular, and important. I just want to point out that Matt Jobs' <laughs> wife has turned up and <laughs> said it's the trains, isn't it, Matthew? <laughs> Cold Express only has one train. Sarah. It's the way it's the way she uses Matthew specifically. Yeah, I'm in trouble. It's because it's probably got because I got rid of King Domino. Sarah likes oh King Domino. Uh, um, so, are we saying as always? Yeah, I think I've knocked it out. Like, okay. here it is. Right. Okay, so it's between code names and Cold Express. This one's going to a penalty shootout, lads. I can feel it. My goodness. <laughs> so, so cue emotional music. <laughs> I I love Cold Express. Right. Mm-hmm. This is a game that, as someone who gets really stressed by actually having to like think about because essentially it's a coding game mm-hmm. which on its surface to me sounds like the most boring thing in the world yeah. right however i've always had a good time with cult express regardless of whether i'm actually doing well or not and a lot of the time i am not doing well in cult express because i still like struggle to get my head around how it works and i don't think that's the game's fault that is the way that my, my brain operates it's not very good with like keeping track of okay this card has been played and this card has been played however i think it just has the potential regardless of all that to still be an enjoyable experience where there is plenty of wackiness and also if you are actually taking it fully seriously you can also do that Uh, also it has a 3d train (laughs) and and the artwork is great and there's a character in it that I love very much, Ghost, who is Ghost a big is... inspiration Ghost for is overpowered, I would McGinty. say. McGinty, <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, now the thing is, what you said there, you could said you could be very good at Co-Express, and right. I would hesitate to agree, because I think that there is a certain point where you're just like, ah, whatever, it's Co-Express, you know, because I think at some point you do just have to go, yeah, you know, if like luck's not on your side, then you're not gonna win. So whatever. And I, Wills, I, think... I did not finish. Okay, 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 okay. It's my my apologies. My apologies. However, however, and, there it is. <laughs> slow mo, I'm falling off my horse into death scene. This is no. This is the bit where it's like <laughs> you know when like kitchen uh, Gordon Ramsay Hell's Kitchen. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know when it, when they're like, yeah, we've done it, and then he goes. However, and they're like, like, <laughs> like oh. <laughs> they're like, oh no, um, I will bow my head and accept that Code Names is probably a better pick than Co Express 
purely for the fact that it is much more accessible. Yeah. I've played it with people who don't usually play board games. I would never try and play Cult Express with them. Uh, also, it's just, it's the type of game that is a lot more universal. And I respect that in board games because I favor much more the approach of everyone should be able to enjoy this and have fun over the approach of like, technically this is a more polished engaging experience. Um, So if you (laughs) Why did you think that was you? (laughs) That was you projecting. I think it is a more polished experience. Codenames? Yeah. No. I think it is. I th- no. It's simplicity is the key, right? It's it's Minesweeper it's meets elegant. word association. It is elegant, don't get me wrong. I just think I just think Cult Express, because there is more going on there, they had to pull so many more strings to get it to work. Sure. Whereas Codenames, because it's got such a simple concept at its core. It's just a lot more difficult to mess something like that up. So, like, I and again, this is me agreeing with you that Code Names is a better pick than Cult Express. Personally, I would pick Cult Express. But that's because I love the Wild West stuff. I love the 3D train, and I love the kind of antics that can go on with it. However, I do think if we were picking Uber Spiel, Code Names is a better pick. Matt Jarvis, what do you think? <laughs> I could see Wills. Wills is teeing up something. The th- well, yeah, no, I just wanted to like. Uh, I feel like we're approaching this now <laughs> as like, oh, it should be Co Express, but you know, you can't. No, that's just names. my perspective. <laughs> you have your own, mate. No, because now I now I wanna I wanna like fight Codane's corner and and like show why it's such a good pick. But Matt, go ahead. I think like again. I think the the reality of this is the like. Codenames isn't my favorite game on this list. Like, neither is Cold Express, to be clear. Like, I like Cold Express a lot. I think Codenames is, like, an important game in that kind of, like, very highfalutin kind of, like... Like I say, it feels like one of those games that is almost monumental for the hobby. Like, Cold Express, fantastic game. Like, has more of a wow factor if you're trying to introduce it to your friends. You get Codenames yeah. out, it's a bunch of words on cards. Like, it's very flat. It's very, It doesn't have any, like, visual panache. It's, you know, it, it doesn't fine. really pop. Like... But I think it is one of those kind of timeless designs that you look at and you just go like, wow, like how did no one do this before? That's like how thing, did, yeah. It? Yeah, it's just like, wow. Like the, this this was not a thing before Codenames came around. And even though there are like formats now that have like, you know, rejuvenated it and pushed it in different directions, they haven't made Codenames obsolete because it's still such a just like diamond of a game. Do you know what I mean? Like I... Apart from just you know like a, a generic theme, you can't really pick much away from it. Like there's there's not really many flaws to code names. This is the this is the the crux of the matter, isn't it? In the case of like my personal my favorite game on this list is Cold Express, right? So that's why I'm like I love Cold Express, and I love Cold Express because of a myriad of reasons. Mm. Whereas code names, I love. St- specifically just because of the way it works like and i agree with you in saying that it has had way more influence 
it's still very much present today. It's still a game that I've seen in various areas of the world, whatever. Like, it, it's still got so much staying power. Don't get me wrong. Like, there are plenty of people who still really like Cult Express. Like, there's a new version of it coming out. It's not dead by any means. But it doesn't have the same kind of impact that Codenames have. And I really like Codenames. Like, some of the best gaming moments I've had with my friends has been because of Codenames. And especially moments where you know someone so well that you can say such a specific clue mm. and they get it. Mm. And that is such an amazing experience <laughs> to, to have pulled that off. And also, like, there's an online version. Like, it's just, a, it's one that, which also resulted in one of the funniest experiences of my life where the poor thing was trying to exist and someone was just e re-entering their name <laughs> over and over again because it wasn't reloading it uh, and the i think their name that they were put in was mclumps and at one point there were 32 mclumps <laughs> in that in that room <laughs> so that was that, i mean that's not really got much to do with code names but like it's still attached to it so mm. yeah, I agree with you, Codenames. Codenames does deserve it, not just because I'm going, oh, well, ho-hum. It's just that my my personal favourite is Cult Express, mm, but yeah. it's not just me, it's all of us, so... And I think, yeah. I think to, once again, like, to, to lift Codenames up and to, to show why it, why it deserves it so much, like, I think one thing that Codenames has over Cult Express is the level of mastery that you can have in codenames like mm. it's a it's a like honest to goodness game right there's like you you could have a codenames world champion absolutely i don't know if you could say that about code express you know what I, mean? I think no i would say i think a lot i would say the big downfall of codenames to me is that it can depend on who you play with because i think if you really yeah, want to play sport. like I really think if you want to play like a high level, let's call it a high level of play. Yeah. Um, if you know the person you're playing with so well, you can use those very personal mm. connections to do well, which is both a plus and a minus in terms of it's a plus because that's such a special sort of experience to have. But also it's a minus if you're playing with, I find when I'm playing with randos, it is it is a less enjoyable experience. Whereas I think that doesn't affect Cult Express. Like Cult Express, you can play with anyone and it's, it's going to be a similar experience. But I still think because you can have those moments of code names um, and it is affected by that in such a good way sometimes that I, I genuinely think it is a better pick for the yeah. spiel. Yeah, Sorry, Karma. I was gonna say there is like, <laughs> like I think one of the it's it's both one of the strengths and one of the weaknesses of code names is that it's very like language dependent. In that you can have those like it's like a very social game, right? Like you say, for me, and it's like you can have inside jokes, you can use things to bounce off. But I think also that means people who it's like playing Scrabble, like people who just don't have like a large repository of words or like are playing in a second language or anything or like that. Or, yeah, or yeah. maybe don't know like specifics. Yeah, it can like, be... Like if there was an animal on the board, you could try and use a specific term to connect it with something else and they might not know what that is. Yeah, which I think could be frustrating at times. So I think sometimes that that can impact it. I think the, the highs are higher because you have like yeah. that much kind of more intimate, like we were on the same like wavelength moments of like you yeah. got all five connected to the word shrew 
Like, but I will also say it's the kind of game that you can, someone could be watching a group play it and hearing what they're saying and could could relatively understand what's going on. Yeah. Whereas Cult Express just isn't, it's not that kind of game. You actually need to be playing it to know yeah. what's going on. And oh, I, that yeah. is the, that's the appeal of, of Codex. definitely wins yeah. on an accessibility level yeah. for anyone, I think, because it's literally like you can teach it in a couple of minutes, right? It's like- it's Yeah, in terms a, of rule set, yeah. yeah. But it's such a that, simple design. I think that key element of the fact that someone could watch and hear like a group player and could understand what's going on. Yeah, that to me is so important yeah. without being taught it. Like yeah. actually being able to watch and listen to what's happening could understand. Yeah. Like that to me is what makes Codenames such a special experience. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Codenames. The Uber Spildes Yaris for 2012 through 2021. And well, uh, well done, runner yeah. up. Commiserations and yeah, Yeehaw. congratulations to, to Cold Expresses all. <laughs> Camel up, etc. Uh, yes, this is fun. Maybe, maybe at some yeah. point we'll do it for the, all of the Spurgeon's <gasps> Euros ever. Oh my God. But that would be a much Uber, longer thing. Uber still. Like, um, what we do is we go in blocks of ten years and we have like a group stage, <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into knockouts. Preliminaries. You have to draw them out of a big thing. Uh, group <laughs> A, Group B. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think actually breaking them into decades probably makes sense because there'll be certain trends that mm. run through decades, so they're more comparable to like trying to compare like Hair and Tortoise from 1979 yeah. to something like Code Dames from you know 20 when was it 2016 like 2016, yeah. like everything will have changed on in 30 40 years so maybe maybe we'll do something like that but that may, maybe not we'll, then, we'll see how much time we get Matt and then we could do betting on it right oh, we could do a bet business we're not going to get into betting oh my goodness all right uh we have we've overrun a little bit so this week i'm afraid we will not have questions but if you want to fire some questions over for we can, you, we, you, we can do one Will, to you. have you got time wheels mr we can wheeler do, we can do one you five minute question and the door is going to slam again yeah there it is uh we've also okay. screaming it's gotten a lot more it's got a lot more noisy <laughs> wills if, if you've got the time for one question would you like to read one of these Absolutely, questions that yeah. we have um so hello do and we kind of talked about this earlier so this is a good one to answer hello db team what are your thoughts on going easy on someone when introducing them to a new game i remember teaching a good friend magic the gathering for the first time using my black discard deck you horrible person. Uh, and he hasn't asked to play since. Oops. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I feel like there's a balance to be struck between crushing someone new versus them feeling like you're truly competing against them. Curious to hear your thoughts from Roy Ehem. Thank you very much, Roy. And thank you for putting Thanks, your hands in as well. Um, yes. So, yeah, this is like, this is a really important topic, I think, for introducing people to games. Because, like, I have... I mean, Zoe, for example, will will physically shout at me if I go easy. She'll be like, "Don't, don't you dare go easy! I want to win." Um, <laughs> whereas, like, some people will just be like, "What the hell, man!" And it's like, I think that's a very valid, you know, stance to have, especially in those situations where it's like, "Hey, I'm going to introduce you to this game by making you experience the absolute worst aspect of it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, and it can really put people off. I mean, like, um, my friend uh played uh, a game of scythe a game which i love uh and they played against like i think it was an expanded game of scythe wow. so it had the expansion so there were more people than usually you're meant to play against and they were all pretty well versed in the game 
uh, and uh, they were crushed subsequently and never want to play it again. <laughs> and I think that's such a shame because I really like Scythe and I think they could enjoy it if, if they just didn't have that experience maybe. And I've seen that happen with Cosmic Encounter as well, which can be a notoriously mean and nasty game. Uh, and I don't know, I think it just depends on... I think what happened with, with Scythe was like fundamentally not good in terms of like that's a game that is very you know you can you can micro sort of plan things it's incredibly intense in that sense um uh i think maybe preparing people for like what could happen <laughs> else? okay so people at home are not actually going to hear this but zoe is screaming at resident evil in the background but <laughs> matt, matt and me and are getting treated to it but i'm muting my mic and over here um what do you think mr jarvis yeah i think it it's definitely it can depend on the group right it depends on the people you're up against like i think it's one of those things where you like no one should ever be setting out like i personally the way i feel is like i don't play games to win yeah. win like I, I can be competitive as anybody like and get into the spirit of it but like oh you can do win. some mean things oh all. yeah like i can be a complete dick like that's just the way it goes but i think if it then if it ever felt like that was tipping over into like the enjoyment of it being the crushing of someone else like that's a yeah. different a different thing like i think introducing people to games the most important thing is that they have a good time so like if going too easy on them means that they're not going to get the full experience that is bad in itself i, I think but going it, too hard means then just not then it's just not going to actually learn what the game is like yeah nobody masters a game on the first time through like it's just i think it depends on like the game i think if you're if if they if they're like okay i want to play something where there is a lot of potential for very like high skill play let's call it or you know something where where you can really get cut into the meat uh, of of the game. I think make, just making them aware of the fact that, hey, I've played this a lot. This is a game that, like, you have to play it multiple times to be any good at it. Like um, uh, Terraforming Mars, for example. First time I played that was with some people who were very well-versed in Terraforming Mars. Uh, Matt is smiling. Uh, and didn't do amazingly well but like i think just being aware of the fact that you're playing with people who have played this game a lot mm. and just i think sometimes it can depend on the person like going into it like if if they're being beaten in a really mean like like cruel way then i can see how they they might be like okay i don't want to ever do this again but at the same time i think when you're getting into a game that is heavy and also a lot of people that you're playing with are very well versed in it i just think you should maybe expect not to do amazingly well to start yeah. with. just try and like have fun and think oh maybe in like five games time i might you know have a much more of a chance of of winning like i i'm like matt i don't really go into games to win them i'm more just going to the games to kind of experience them winning is like just a nice sort of uh consequence only you know that changes when i've played a game enough and i'm like okay <laughs> yeah i think the other thing as well right is that and and people feel differently on this as well it's like when you're introducing someone to a game like 
I've never understood people that are like, oh, like, no, take these backsies, like, you can't undo your turn. It's like, just, it's a board game. Just like, if someone yeah. makes a mistake, just let them take it back. Like, as long as it's not yeah. like 20 minutes ago and it's going to be a massive fuss. I think like, that's, it doesn't, that's a whole it's different just, issue, isn't it? It's like, yeah, there's it's a difference a, between I'm going to play properly against you and um even though it'd be very different very easy to just do that differently and it wouldn't really affect the game you you did chess rules you put the thing down that's just been a knob like I yeah. Think yeah that's been a knob in any circumstance even i if think super, like, i do think that's viable when for example if it was myself matt and like the two people we play root with i mean obviously we play that like on the app so so there is a you can take back things and everything but i think i, I think once it. you're with a group of people playing a game that you've played a lot together i think then maybe you can put in some rules of like i think that's, uh, that's sure yeah like, a, a little if everyone's bit like, like familiar yeah i think it's just that line right between like you don't want to be too much of like oh you should do this you should do it like quarterbacking yeah. as they call no. it like but if if someone wants that guidance, you could just be like, hey, like, just in case you don't know, you know, if someone knows the rules a little bit better, you can maybe point something out as a suggestion without being like, this is the one move you should make. This is how you min-max it. Yeah. Like, don't don't be that yeah, person. I mean, those... Let people just enjoy games, for God's yeah. sake. Like, those kind of games where you do that sort of thing are the kind of games where you'd say to someone, okay, if you really want to actually get into this, then expect to play this, like, multiple times. And every time you play it, you'll learn a little more. That's much more enjoyable than telling them exactly how to to play the game because you don't learn anything that way. You just you're not playing the game. You're just mm. being told how to do it. I think so. Sorry, Karen. It just depends on the game. Yeah, Go on, Wills. it depends on the, on the player as well because like sometimes you'll have people who are obsessed with winning, and I think that's why they yeah. they struggle. Whereas like when I teach someone a game, if they beat me first time, I'm like ecstatic because yeah, well done. Yeah, because I'm like. First of all, well done. But second of all, like it means I've taught you well, right? Like it's 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 you know validation. But my my biggest thing is like, especially with the situation I named before, like if you've got people who want to be played against properly, but you know it's going to be a real struggle, like just think about how you GM an RPG, right? Like you will fluff rules and you will make things harder for yourself and stuff, but you don't tell them you're doing it, right? You you can just sort of be like, ah, oh, you got me. Oh, I missed it. And and if you're convincing enough, then like it will make people feel really good about the game because mm. someone is much more likely to play a game again if they either won or were really close to winning than if they got absolutely ravaged, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would generally say if, if someone was less experienced in board games in general, keep the kind of board games that would, like, crush you. Like, for example, Scythe is the kind of game that if you don't do certain things early yeah. on or on enough, you're, you've basically lost. Like, that's it. I would keep those kind of games aside and be like, maybe we go on to these when you've, like, you've played some some other ones first. Because it is just, a lot of it is develop, developing that kind of mentality where it's like, it's not always about winning. Mm -hmm. If you lose, it's not the end of the world. And it's more about, like, learning how you can get better <laughs> that's actually the enjoyable experience yeah um then then like just being we're gonna play this and you're gonna get crushed and then you're gonna hate it <laughs> yeah and it's like that just sucks everyone because then you don't have anyone to play against anyway and like they've just had a bad time like it's just it's the worst on all cases like yeah so but... maybe with your magic game maybe pull out one of your decks that isn't like going to destroy but isn't yeah. a total 
Well, so I, I played Liv recently and like Liv had like built a deck and was like, oh, I really want to try it out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I picked one of my decks and obviously like because my deck is, is quite high level, it was like, oh, this is a bit of a whitewash. So eventually I was like, sorry, I'm going to pick one that I don't even remember what it does and we'll just, you know, like, because yeah. I, I want you to feel like you're playing someone who you would be playing if you're in like matchmaker or something, right? Rather than like... Oh, sorry, you have to play someone a platinum tier now. Rather than a high level. Rather than a, a, a very top level <laughs> player like myself. Um, but yeah, no, I think we'll we'll leave it there so that we can, yeah. we can start getting ready for the next stream, which I will just remind <gasps> everyone. We have got a sponsored stream coming up with Steamforged Games, uh, who make the Animal Adventures RPG and Miniatures, which is basically if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but be a dog or a cat or an otter. Yeah, or um, in this case, like an alpaca or an, yeah. or an albatross. All sorts of great stuff. Um, we are going to be live designing a model uh for the new watcher class which is based it's i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but it's based off the witcher uh, yeah, yeah so you know it's 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 a monster it's very obvious like they, they yeah. know what they're doing but yeah. I, I don't know if there's a legal legally concern. distinct legally, legally distinct, distinct. Um, but yeah so come and join us for that it's gonna be very 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 good um myself and liv are gonna be taking your suggestions from the chat of what the 3d modeler does with it and there's another door smack. Um, we're going to be taking your uh, suggestions from the chat of what we actually put on this model because we've got one of the 3D modelers from Steamforge making it live with us. It's going to be really, really cool. It's very cool. Um, so come and join us for that. We'll, it will be going live in uh, just over an hour. So look forward to that. That's why whoa. I was like, whoa, we, we need to hurry up. And I was like, oh, no, wait, I've got an hour. <laughs> I missed yeah. time. Five you PM get BST. the wrong time, Wells. 5 p.m. BST. One hour and 15 minutes from now, we are going live. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, come and join us for that. But if you're listening to this in, in, in retrospect, the then you can just watch the replay on youtube.com forward slash yeah. icebreaker. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. But we will leave it there so you can uh, go and prepare wills uh thank you for joining me today alex mean it's been wonderful i feel like i've learned so much <laughs> and my goodness you sound so sincere about it uh thanks for being here wills as always thank you very much for having me i'm sorry for the screaming and the door slamming and the dog barking and the Look, lack it, of lighting it's There's a nice podcast we wouldn't have it any other way uh thank you to everyone in the chat uh, like I say, if you've got any questions for next week's podcast, hopefully we'll answer a few more. You can email us at podcast at dicebreaker.com. Find us on Twitter at join dicebreaker. Oh, email. Send an email. Or, or just head over to the website and drop it in the comments. It's all good. Uh, but until we meet again for another Dicebreaker podcast, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday live at 2 p.m. BST. Uh, but until then, stay safe out there. Look after yourselves. Play some nice board games and have a lovely day. Bye-bye.